The NCAA tournament is in full swing. Now it's in the home stretch. We have two of our four final four teams set, and we have another locked on bracket breakdown as the number three seed Gonzaga Bulldogs fall to the fourth seeded Yukon Huskies 82 to 54 on Saturday evening. I'm Isaac Shade, and we're joined by the host of Locked on Zags, Mr. Andy Patton. And Andy, I'm sorry to have to talk under such. Uh, fraught circumstances here but can can you just put into perspective what went wrong in this game for the bulldogs yeah a whole lot of everything um in this one right there i mean i mean you read the score 82 54 which you didn't have to you could have left that out i apologize <laughs> no um it, it was it was a rough one uh for, for gonzaga on, on both ends of the floor the outside shooting was just I mean, it was just non-existent it just was not there and it felt like certainly there were some bad shots I don't think that any game goes by where a team doesn't take bad shots. But for the most part, a lot of Gonzaga's looks from three, I didn't think were that bad. Like some of them were a little rushed. Some of them, maybe they could have made an extra pass, but there was a lot of instances where they had good looks and they just continually did not fall. And we knew this team was going to struggle on the defensive end of the floor. We knew that Adama Sonogo was going to play really good basketball on his end. And, And what he was able to do was really facilitate the offense for UConn by being more of a distributor, something that we've seen from him at times this year, but he really buckled down and did excellent there. And for Gonzaga, just not rotating quickly enough on defense. We saw many instances of Sonogo getting the ball, getting double teamed, and then whatever guard is supposed to rotate down just didn't show up. There's instantly watch highlights. You can see Rasir Bolton watching Andre Jackson dunk the ball because he's not, he, he didn't rotate there in time. Like there's, multiple instances of that. And, and for Gonzaga, like their starting guards had a absolutely horrendous NCAA tournament. There is, that is the politest word I can use to describe the NCAA tournament that those two players had. It was just bad. And again, talking about Nolan Hickman, he, he took a lot of good shots. Like he was open. He just, he couldn't, he couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I don't know what happened. His, his, and this kind of happened to him last year too. And it was like, Oh, it's a freshman freshman kind of wear down towards the end of the year, but this is two years in a row where when the Zags need him most, he's just not there. And for Rasir Bolton, a guy who, you know, this is his fifth year in college. Yeah. Fifth year in college basketball. He's been at three different schools. He's been a a ultra reliable competitor for the last half decade. And over the last month of the season, he just had an incredible vanishing act for the Zags. And it's, I mean, for Mark few, I don't know how you can prepare for two of your guards to just completely disappear when you need them the most. And he did what he thought was best, which was play a whole heck of a lot of Malachi Smith. It worked against UCLA. It just didn't work here. And Andy, you, uh, the, the result of all that is a season low 54 points for Gonzaga. The only time scoring under 60 this season, yeah. a lot of the talk ahead of this game, or uh, honestly, the majority of the talk ahead of this game was the battle in the paint between Drew Timmy and Adama mm-hmm. Sonogo. But as you alluded to, mm-hmm. Sonogo acted a lot more as a facilitator, and it was actually Jordan Hawkins that turns out to be the leading scorer for UConn. What is it that Hawkins did so well to get to those 20 points? Yeah, he hit he hit big shots, and some of them were well contested shots. Some of them were wide open shots, um, but for the most part, I, I think 
you I don't I don't want to say that 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 Yukon used Sonogo as a decoy because that feels yeah. like the not quite the correct terminology, but I, I'll stick with facilitator because Gonzaga has utilized Drew Timmy in this way in the past and, and quite often. I mean, Drew Timmy led Gonzaga in assists this year. That's not something that I think a lot of people would have necessarily expected, but they facilitated through him. And Yukon wasn't really doing that with Sonogo a bunch this year, but it really worked well in the game plan today. And again, a, a, a shout out to Dan Hurley and their staff for for coming up with a game plan that worked because they knew Gonzaga is slow on their defensive rotations. They've been slow on their defensive rotations all year long. And so it wasn't a shock that if Sonogo gets the ball, if he gets double teams, if he can swing it out, the rest of the guards are going to get open looks. And Jordan Hawkins, I mean, Mark Few said it before the game. He's one of the best peer shooters. I think Mark Few said he is the best peer shooter in college basketball. That is the phrase that he used to describe Jordan Hawkins. You can imagine if he's saying that to the press, that his whole game plan coming into this game was don't let Jordan Hawkins get open looks. And yet Gonzaga, a team that was, you know, barely in the top, I don't even think they were in the top 80 defensively or around top 80 defensively in Ken Palm rankings. That's not their strength. It wasn't their strength all season long. And they got away with, you know, playing well against UCLA on the offensive end of the floor. They got away against TCU, but they come into this game, don't play well on the defensive end of the floor. And this is what happens. Drew Timmy missed the last several minutes of the first half and picked up his third and fourth fouls in quick succession in the second half, rendering the, the tournament's leading score bench like benched. Mm-hmm. What what how could have Gonzaga had any hope of overcoming that? Well, I'll, t- I'll say this: the the fourth foul on Drew Timmy. I hate that call, and <laughs> I, I think you can make an argument on, and it probably was a foul, but I hate that was that the push off. Yeah, it was the little kind of push off with his elbow under the basket. Didn't have any impact on the actual play. And I, I'm not going to argue whether it was a foul or not. And I'm also absolutely unquestionably not going to make the argument that it had any significant bearing on the result of, this, of the game. Gonzaga got absolutely blasted from that point forward. Could you make an argument that Drew stayed in the game a little longer? Maybe they don't let them go on that big run. They don't have to play from behind. Maybe, but Gonzaga couldn't hit a shot. So I don't think that that foul matters all that much for Drew. It's an extremely unfortunate end to his collegiate career. We assume technically he has another year of eligibility. He has made it pretty clear he plans to be done after this year. I doubt he changes his mind at this point. And it was tough to see him have such a Herculean effort against UCLA, this incredible jaw-dropping, legacy-defining performance against the Bruins. That doesn't get to be his final game. Instead, a weird kind of goofy foul that he committed kind of is like the lasting legacy, the final moments for Drew Timmy. And that sucks. There's just no other way to say it. It sucks, but that's the kind of the story of college basketball. Well, and, and Timmy shared what looked to be a very special hug with Mark few Mm -hmm. as he left the court for the last Mm -hmm. time. Uh, I I don't mind saying I had tears in my eyes. Like that's just what happens in college basketball is Mm -hmm. we lose these young men that we watch for years. And so Andy, as you saw those two men embrace Mm -hmm. who have defined the last four years uh, Mm -hmm. of Gonzaga basketball and obviously much longer for Mark few, what went through your head? Unfortunately, how often we see this is kind of went through my head. I mean, Gonzaga has worked so hard in the last three years to erase the moment of Adam Morrison crying on the basketball court. Jalen Suggs erased it in 2021 with that 37-footer. Julian Strother emphasized erasing it by beating UCLA with his own deep three-pointer. But at the end of the day, one of the lasting memories of Gonzaga basketball in the NCAA tournament is Adam Morrison crying on the court in 2006. And now here we are 17 years later 
withdrew to me. I, he didn't quite have tears the way, you know, it certainly wasn't a, as devastating of a loss as a 17 point comeback like it was back then. But only one team is happy at the end of the NCAA season. There's only one team. Gonzaga has come so close to being that team so many times, so many times. And yet here's another season where their season ends with them not being the team that's happy at the end. And it's, it's, it's tough. It's sad. It's heartbreaking every single time I think to myself, why do I make myself so emotionally enraged every March for decades? But here I am. And guess what? I'm going to be in the same spot next year too. Well, it is indeed the end of an era with Drew Timmy, most likely moving on to the next part of his life and career. It'll be a big offseason for Gonzaga as they look to retool and reload and try to run it back in the WCC and on the national scene next season. For more on the Gonzaga Bulldogs, make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Zags. And for a full view of the bracket and all the action, hey, subscribe to Locked on College Basketball. You might see the two guys you're looking at right now uh, coming at you on that show. Both shows, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.